Welcome to Was I Drunk, a podcast with a refined, pretentious prick who waxes poetic at parties when he's had more than one smearing off ice. I'm your host, Austin Cross, and with me this week are... Wayne. Jenkins. Jamie. All right, and as we do every week, we're going to start off by touching in and talking to our bar master extraordinaire, Mr. Drinkins, to see... Why. We're going to touch him. We're going to touch him. We're touching him. Touch, right. I said touch in, not touch him, but okay. Touch in. And touch see what's on tap. Today's the White Russian. We're gonna go ahead and skip right past the. I mean, we really didn't skip past the the, the Black Russian at all. No, 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 not that at all. That the, sounds about right for you. The touch in thing, but we what? can tuck into this drink. Um, oh, oh, um, it's a fantastic drink. Um, it's made popular by the Big Lebowski, the cult classic film. Uh, that's just your opinion, dude. But man, not dude. He's he is the dude and. He Boy, says, man, nail, <laughs> yeah. just, wow. so anyways, I've, I've, how do you make the yeah, drink? Yeah, it's a great, uh, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> it's a vodka drink. Um, it and is, a whiskey drink. It's a, exactly. Uh, two ounces of Kahlua, which has not made an appearance here. Um, I actually prefer a lot of different coffee liqueurs to Kahlua, but in a white Russian, I think that Kahlua brings more sweetness and it just plays better in a white Russian. So Stick with Kahlua here. Two ounces of that. One ounce of vodka. And I've said it before, does not matter. One vodka is the same as another. You guys can write your hate emails to me. Every other liquor out there, there are differences between brands and quality differences and different things. Vodka, for the most part, is literally the same no matter what bottle you buy. You're telling me you go from Grey Goose on to Kamchatka. It's the same exact it thing. It is the exact. I'm sorry. It That's is. That's fucking mm, horrible. No. The, really? <laughs> the, no. I've had both. Okay. So here's the, here's the thing. It is a matter of how much alcohol there is in a bottle. So Kamchaka is obviously a different alcohol content, but at the end of the day, vodka is a flavorless liquor. There is no flavor. It imparts nothing to a cocktail. There's a smoothness difference between yeah, the two. There's, there's a difference in distillation as well. That's fine. I get that. I understand that. It is a flavorless liquor. So when you add it to a cocktail with other things, you will not notice a difference. I'm sorry. Paint varnish is a flavorless liquor. Okay. Anyways, let's sure. move on. Absolutely. I'm sorry. So two you ounces. Write your hate mail, okay? Exactly. I'll, right, get, right. I'll get started. We're, doing, is, we're hating him on a This on is a live yeah, exactly. person. <laughs> that's fine. This is a... Uh, my opinion, that's, you know, you guys have your own and that's perfectly fine. Again, if you are doing shots of vodka, there is a difference when you mix it in a cocktail. Yeah, going back on his word now because that's yeah, not what he said. No, there's not said. a difference within a co- I guess <laughs> I didn't specifically oh, flip flop Jenkins, that's what, what they call it. about. There's no difference when you ma- because it's flavorless when you add it to a cocktail it doesn't matter. Regardless. to the drink. 2 ounces Kahlua, <laughs> 1 ounce of vodka and then you will top this. Well, you're going to shake that over ice with Austin Cross. Ah, uh-huh. and then you're going to top it. I'm a top. Yeah, yes. Hmm. Top, you're, oh, yeah, okay, I yeah. see. Right. You're going to top it with heavy Definitely cream. Definitely something a top would say. You do not have to garnish this at all. That requires no garnish. But I actually do like a little bit of freshly ground nutmeg. I think it kind of adds a little bit of something to it. Is nutmeg. That, um, excuse me. It adds a little bit of nutmeg. It does indeed. But that's that's how you make it. Um, that is the White Russian. So what do you guys think? It's pretty good. I like it. It's yeah. uh, 
not too overpowering. Swedish. So not no Swedish. Not, not, like, not like not like not like not like the Bergen. Yeah. I'm talking about you know it's sweetish. There's a, there's a hint of sweetness to it. That's, that's there we what go. you were going. For. A hint of sweetness. Uh, yeah, and nice creamy drink. It's very refreshing. Very cold. It's like a melted coffee milkshake for adults. Yeah, that's ideal for me because I love coffee drinks. Um, actually, Wayne brought me an iced coffee on the way here, and I put in my own different alcohol stuff. But this is really good. They pair very nicely together, and I am enjoying both of them in different ways. But they complement each other. It's actually <laughs> one of the rare drinks that is mostly empty on the Austin Cross side of the table. Whoa. So. You know what? I drink almost every one of the damn drinks. No, no, no. But made. like this early on? Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did hand it to you and say, here, drink this fast. You're a little stressed there for a my, minute, Austin. <laughs> my grandma died. No, no she did not true. That's an awful That's thing to say. I'm, yeah. I'm just kidding. Funny. <laughs> okay. Oh so I've got something I'll launch into right away. A little bit of a rant. By the way, we love Dolores. Dolores is a wonderful woman. Don't she you is. talk about that? She's good old good old Dolores. Dolores Cross. She is the best. Alright. Now I have to remember a whole fucking new name. Alright, so anyways. <laughs> So, anyways, here we go. So, I want to go ahead and complain a little bit about... Uh, there was a post I happened to see from a friend of mine on Facebook the other day. And it was a link talking about the case for starting sex ed in kindergarten. And this was um, from NPR, actually. So, it's a very reputable news site. Well, uh, I mean, first of all, no, it's not. It's completely leftist. Oh, um, sh- first of all, okay, devil's advocate, fuck off. It is not. It's very neutral. All, there's no way that they're teaching kids sex ed in, in kindergarten. They're not. It's the case for making it, okay? The case for doing it's the idea. Like they're, oh, trying, People are making a case for actually it. introducing it. Um, age-appropriate comprehensive sex education, right? Um, Age-appropriate, comprehensive sexual... That's a, that's a not only a mouthful... That should have been the headline. <laughs> instead of sex ed for kids. It covers sexuality, human development, orientation, gender, body autonomy. That's the big one. Um, and consent, as well as relationship skills and media literacy. You say that's the big one. Is that because that's what you want to focus on? or because That's because I want, I want them to like understand. I, I say that's what I think list. is an important thing. It's just a list of things. They're not in order of importance here. I feel like... They put them in order of importance. But I think it's... <laughs> I don't think they did, but okay. So I think that, first of all, I don't necessarily disagree with this if it's handled in the right way. I think, yes, you need to be aware, especially what gender is, what these things... These are very hot topics in our in our country right now, in our world right now. I think it's okay to understand what being a man and woman is for little kids. Now, I'm not saying you push an agenda. I'm saying you just talk about what the realities are. Oh, and to your point, I think the body autonomy thing is a... Pretty important thing. I think a lot of parents don't intentionally skip it, but it's just something they don't think about because it's something they don't really want to think about. I'm really glad you brought up the parent thing because I'm sitting here thinking in the back of my head, and I know that I I do pick up the devil's advocate mantle sometimes, oftentimes, but I look at this and I say, this is not what I want my taxpayer dollars to go through. I want the parents to talk to their freaking kids about this. I want the parents to actually be parents and raise their kids in a in a meaningful way. In an ideal world, that is awesome. If parents actually parent their kids and teach them the things they're supposed to teach them. But that's just not the case. I would say the in the vast majority, like they're not being Even taught. loving parents. Like, Even yeah, parents in good yeah, households, quote unquote. To. Yeah. Right. I don't well, remember any sort of talk with my parents. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Sometimes it's better for a third party to do it. Right. And that's that's the thing is that that's why I said like it's not 
necessarily a thing that parents are skipping on because they don't want to. It's something that a lot of people just don't really think about. Yeah. They don't necessarily, they, because they don't want bad things to happen to their kids, they can't imagine it happening, so they don't prepare them for what if it does. And I think that when they actually, if they do talk to their kids, it's too late and it becomes something that's uncomfortable because it becomes a taboo topic instead of it being um, something that is important to talk about early on. I'm not saying that it necessarily should be in the schools. I do think that the parents should take some responsibility, but that's not going to be the case for everybody. And there is go- there, there needs to be some way for the kids who don't have that support system at home to get the information. Yeah, and here's one of the things that is a quote from the article. When we're talking about consent with kindergartners, that means getting permission before you touch someone else, asking if it's okay if you borrow someone's toy or pencil or game. So yeah, here's what I think we're losing, what, what, what he especially may have lost track of, right? They hear the word sexual education, they think they're talking about P and V and the, how babies are made and whatever. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about the basic, basic building blocks that lead to that way down the line. And instead, he sees that sensationalist headline and he goes, oh my God, they're going to yeah. teach my kindergarten garden how how babies are made i'm that's bullshit and that's the goal yeah i was gonna say that's the goal was the goal with that headline because they could have made it how it actually is and well in all fairness this is npr they weren't trying to make a special necessary necessarily maybe they were maybe they were but this wasn't yeah that's true i think though they didn't think about this is how it's going to be interpreted by certain circles and maybe this is maybe they did i don't I, I don't think that's if, true. If their goal was to get it approved, I wouldn't bring up all this controversy around it. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. But, anyways, there was someone in his in his responses that I absolutely loved tearing into. And, look, I, I love this friend of mine. He's not an asshole, generally speaking. But I think sometimes he gets swept up in some of the right-wing talking points. He thinks he's very kind of, like, fair in the middle. But sometimes he leans a little more that way and then views it through that, 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 that lens. But this guy says uh, there's a groomer problem in today's education. Sexualization of children is at an all-time high. And goes in this big, long diatribe. And I broke it down one point by point. Catholic going, Church has I, entered the chat. Yeah. I literally I literally said to the guy, I go, I, I say, so you're telling me sexualization of children is higher today than it was 100 years ago when we were marrying adults to children? Or how about 2,000 years when uh, Spartans were taking young boys as their sexual partners and well, you know, uh, training soldiers? Times. Yeah. So I just love these. I said, and all I did was I asked him to back it up with data, and he goes, "What do you mean data?" I'm like, "Fucking show you know what the fuck you're talking about." Is what I mean. Don't just spit out a bunch of ridiculous shit. No, no, Austin. The burden of proof is on you. Yeah, do your own research is a a favorite refrain of the right wing. When until you ask them to do their uh, yeah, (laughs) and what they mean is, well, I got it off this QAnon site, or I got it off this random website or this blog. That's not doing real research. That's not independent, verifiable research. So I just, that really got me in a fucking roar this week. Because once again, it's taking something that should be innocuous and good and positive about helping children better understand their bodies and making it this big controversial nonsense issue. I'm, I'm going to pose something here. So I'm, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying that this not is a bad thing at all. Child, I think it's right? actually a good thing. Um, I, I do. I think that the idea of uh, public schooling... On a personal anecdote, I learned about sexual education through the public education system. I we you know had the class, we separated the the um, boys from the girls, and we we learned about it. And I got a bag with deodorant in it, so fantastic, awesome yeah. for me. That was a good little kit, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the I, I'm not saying that this is bad. What I'm going to argue or pose an alternative is instead of funding my taxpayer dollars to a school system, 
to do this and, and teach my children this for as young as kindergarten now. Um, how about we have parental training classes and we actually teach parents how to be parents like when they have so here why when sure, they, have, part of when it, they but... have time between their four part-time jobs yeah parents are not going to go to that that's a wonderful great idea teach yeah. parents how to parents but it, it's not i don't okay see it being so realistic the, at all the alternative okay that's fine and and i don't disagree with that but the alternative is to burden our teachers even more with well, things hey. that they shouldn't have to teach our kids and we continually do this with subject after subject thing after mm -hmm. thing so i i you know, take some of that burden, put it back on the parents is what I'm saying. I understand that yeah. everyone living. So a, let's let's take the taxpayer money. Let's put it towards teaching these parents how to teach their kids math. No more math class. No more math teacher. The te parents teach them themselves. Let's do it for history, too, and science while we're at it. That's let's what they want. The parents take care of their own. That's kids what they really totally. do want. It's a great idea. And I understand what you're saying. And I understand the argument. What it's, I'm saying is, is you, those things are already placed on as a burden on our teachers. We already understand that. What I'm saying is, instead of putting more of a burden on teachers and continually e expanding that curriculum that we expect them to do, they used to be teachers. Now they're teachers and coaches. Now they're teachers and life coaches and coaches. And now coaches. they're <laughs> now they're yeah. teachers. No, okay, fair point. But now they're they're teachers and parents and coaches and you know life skills managers and all of these other. So we things. pay them more, but we don't. Ah, that's ridiculous, Wayne. That's, don't you even mention paying the them more? We should pay them more. All right, so here's the deal. I get what you're saying. I'm all for working towards incorporating more parental strategies and helping help the parents get into a place where they're more capable of talking to their children about these things. These are all things between involving the parents with school districts anyways. I love these school districts that are starting, especially in inner cities, where they're like, hey, we're bringing the parents in to have dinner with the kids in school. We're paying for the dinner. That way we're all incorporating yeah. these things. I'm all for that. But like to, I think it was Wayne's point earlier, no one's got time. Four jobs, you know, three jobs, two jobs even. Hell, one job sometimes is not enough time to go and sit there and do this. I don't disagree with that, but you're doing the same thing with teachers. You're putting it on them, and you're saying, I don't care how much time you have. This is now your expectation. What we and do these is teachers do additional work. They put in 20, 30 hours after their school session that they're actually doing to grade paperwork, to do lesson planning, to do all of the other things that are just combined added I'm onto just, them. For kindergarten teachers especially, don't get me wrong, it's a heavy, hard job. But at the end of the day, what I'm saying is they're not talking about adding an extra hour. They're talking about reallocating hours they're already using towards like one hour a week doing this. It's not like every day they're doing an hour. So one hour a week, they get a little less Play-Doh time, a little less color time and they learn something that actually might be helpful and beneficial but at the risk of this stretching to an actual main topic i think we should probably yeah. move on maybe revisit That's if we want to uh we could just rearrange i guess and make it the main topic <laughs> but um i do want to kind of anybody else got something else i want to talk about before i blast into my next thing um i i did want to talk about uh your neighbor well not neighbor i mean he lives in your town he lives between us uh, the guy with all the big political signs fancy man yeah yeah, I, I don't really get his one this time. It's uh, it's it's Describe something it about pi it's something about pirates and what? and kids can go to to a thing and it looks a lot like a sign for like a vacation Bible school kind of thing, uh, which is really weird. I don't get the political message that he's trying to send because normally there's like it's a very obscure and kind of nonsensical political ad that he's got up on his personal billboard, but. Uh, it's true. This one yeah, just seems like the kind of thing that you would normally use a, a small local 
billboard for. Yeah, and I, I haven't had a chance to actually read it and see what it is, but I did see that. I saw that it changed, um, which to to all of our listeners who you know do not live in my neighborhood um <laughs> exactly um it it's it's on a fairly main drag like the one of the bigger streets around uh my house um and it does change fairly frequently maybe uh once every four six eight weeks um depending on how aggressive he wants to be with a message um, and it's a big billboard in his yard. Like we're talking, I don't know. It's like it's like twenty feet long yeah. by like twelve feet tall. Yeah, it's like. it's a big billboard that he has built into his front yard. Um, so you know, it when it changes, it it very very noticeable. But to your point, yes, it does seem a little more pedestrian than normal. A yeah. little more normal everyday life ish right now. I mean, now. I guess he can't be crazy all the time. Yeah, maybe yeah, it's yeah, Halloween themed. It's I mean I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's in a costume. Here. Yeah. Just wait. <laughs> Just imagine him on like the Q and on boards like, all right, what what kind of sign am I gonna print up today? Is it gonna be a guy cross like crucified on a cross made out of Twitter and Facebook? Yeah. Was that one of them? That was one of them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this guy's really a treat. Um okay. you know I, I, but that being said, there is actually something that might be helping him re- somewhat soon uh, find a potential partner. There is a new app coming out called The Right Stuff. Oh, it's boy. a dating app uh, created by uh, billionaire Peter, Peter Thiles, conservative group. Uh, I can't pronounce his name. And uh, Tiles. Trump's last uh, press secretary, uh, Kaylee McSomething uh, yeah. or another. I the don't crazy know. bitch. Yeah, her. Uh, well, you know, I wouldn't say bitch. It's not very nice. But the crazy lady. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, okay. it's okay to use Kayleigh the word crazy. Mc- McNanny. <laughs> McNanny. Anyways, though. So it's in a little bit of trouble already. It's not even out yet. They've been sending. They've been sending out um, early advance, like, "Hey, sign up to be the pre whatever, right?" And they're really trying to entice conservative women uh, to this app, and even and they're supposed to be targeting DC uh, like lobbyists and those kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of like chatter apparently, like between them being like, "No, we're not signing up for this shit." There's a bunch of Mitch McConnell's aides on there, like this is just <laughs> stupid, uh. and um. So also, also, there apparently is already a dating app called The Right Stuff, not affiliated uh-huh. with the right wing at all, that is suing them for uh, a breach of their trademark. That is truly fantastic. Yeah. That's really that's is. really just par for the course, really. You know? <laughs> yeah, not Googling before you find out whether or not something's already taken. Yeah. So it's, I don't want to... I, I know the Truth Network thing is out there, and it's truth? Trump's thing. What? The Truth, whatever. What? And I know it's going under. I don't know what that well, is. You don't, you don't Truth and Retruth things? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tr- uh, Trump, when he got banned from Twitter, created his own uh, social media site. It's, it's uh, literally yeah. just a skin of Twitter. Like. It is, but it's called mm-hmm. Truth Social. Instead of tweets, they're truths. Oh. Yeah. And, and he's on there. Truth. Already, Instead of retweeting I, things, you retruth them. I yeah. don't uh, I don't follow anything of yeah. that sort. I don't, even, I don't even have a Twitter. <laughs> so it's failing um, after not that long, like less what? than a year. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess my question <laughs> okay. with, with raising that and the whole truth thing, um, is are there, like, are there social media platforms or are there, like, big agendas like this that are partisan in general, but... I guess more, it seems like left leftist ideology does tend to 
survive a little bit better in the the tech world than than um, a more conservative. Boy, That's because they have a higher imagine, than a third grade education. I can't I'm imagine why that That's could be. Mean, but I can't imagine why why progressives would tend to lean more towards technological advancements than conservatives would. Yeah, it's almost as if you know progress is in the word, and conservatives are all about but, more like keeping the past. Yeah. But I can guarantee that this spawn, because, like, it, if you ever go on Reddit, there's, like, the there's different various, like, Tinder subreddits and things. And usually it's just kind of, like, posts of screenshots and things making fun where it's, like, somebody who's in their Twitter, in their Tinder profile is, like, you know, anti-abortion, anti-everything, you know, Trump supporter, blah, blah, blah. And they're, like, I just don't get it. Why am I not getting any matches? And it's, like, well, because the women on Tinder don't want to fuck you. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm not... Look, what I love is this, this victim complex that right-wingers typically have with social media where they act like, oh, we're being oppressed, we're being oppressed. Trump got away with so, so much shit before Twitter finally banned him. They gave him so many, like, like lean ways and whatever. You know, like and like tweeting out names of, of our foreign <laughs> our assets yeah. no. in other countries and, and tweeting out pictures of where our troops were currently. I, didn't see that. I did not see that on Truth Media. Truth, That's truth, true. social, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I don't think that it's real. Hey, That's you know true. what's super fun about like uh, what? What's the other one? Parlor? Yeah, parlor. Oh yeah, parlor. parlor I didn't and, know about that one. Yeah, parlor and truth. How they're like, you know, oh, we're we're social media that's not going to, you know, we're all about free speech, and they definitely censor people who say things they don't like. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Of course they do. And it's like, huh. Weird. Every time. Yeah, and so that's one of the things I absolutely love about it. It's like this victimization complex, but then you go on Facebook, and that's one of the big targets too, Facebook. And it's like more right-wing memes and misinformation get shared on Facebook and spread than any other place. Yet somehow Facebook censoring us. Facebook, oh, they're fact-checking. Yeah, but you're still getting to share it to millions of people before they finally get onto fact-checking your ass. Like, maybe, just maybe, the entire world isn't against you, and it's you. Plus, what? like fact-checking like i wonder why that's happening well it's yeah. not real facts that's the problem right yeah and um but it, to begin with there are no facts you know it's all it, it's all not everything is open to interpretation <laughs> but okay i got you i know where you're going um but yeah like google as well and they own youtube now um they it, it's amazing it's both amazing how quickly a video can be shut down, but it's also amazing how long a video can stay up that is very clearly spreading misinformation. Um, oh, yeah. But it's there. I don't even know that there's necessarily an agenda behind some of these things. I think a business just creates an algorithm that looks at things. And if there are certain keywords that are said or spoken or put up on text on the screen, it gets, it you know, gets taken down. Yeah. And I don't know that like there's necessarily. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, they, they won't take down, like, they won't take down a lot of videos, but they will demonetize almost anything at the drop of a hat. So that's the real, that's the real complaint these people are having is that they, they can't make any money mm -hmm. off of this video in which they said the N-word 27 times in a row. No. Like, yeah, agree. Well, it just seems unfair. Yeah. Well, um, that's actually so. I, I think we should talk about that at some point as a main topic. Is monetization? No, oh, no, okay. No, not that. But monetization <laughs> of um, videos and, and online like things, Twitch yeah. and, and YouTube and things. Because yeah. uh, I think it's an it's a really interesting thing to actually talk about and break down. But you, you're absolutely right. A lot of times, the only recourse that these companies have is to demonetize, like especially video services. 
Right. Um, so yeah. I mean, only taking away their money. That I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big um, punishment. It so. is. It absolutely is. But you could get banned instead and never be allowed to publish and on their, their sites again. Thing. Well, well, that's the kind of how IP Facebook and Twitter and, and a lot of them have started is that they track your IP. So, I mean, you can get around that. There's ways to get around it. Yeah. But, but generally speaking, that also will cause you, if they find out that you have been previously banned, if you create a new account using other means, they will also ban that account Aww. when they find out. <laughs> All right, so speaking of money, we're going to go ahead and dive this week into our newest Florida man. Y'all watch this. Florida man. This week on Florida man, we have an exciting headline. Florida man accused of crushing truck with excavator. Assaults woman for not having drug money, deputies say. Whoa. Are these, these are connected. These They're aren't related? two separate. These are connected. Okay. They're related. Wow. So he's accused of assaulting a woman for not having drug money. So this is one, first of all, he hits her for not having his money. Like with his sure. fist or the... My fist. To okay. be fair, that's what oh. you do. You go to collect drug yes, money. Yes, you they get your money. You beat yeah, them. Exactly. That's how they work. Otherwise, they would just screw you over all the time. Come sure. on. But yeah. then he went the extra step of going and getting an excavator and then crushing her truck with it. Presumptively, he had access to an excavator. Like, he didn't go and get his CDLD or whatever the hell it is. We'll find out later. (laughs) So it says, Richard Hamilton, 36, was arrested on multiple charges, including criminal mischief and domestic battery by strangulation. Oh. According to deputies. So he tried to strangle her. Um, That's always fun. Uh, The sheriff's office at Hamilton drove her around to several gas stations in Northport uh, and Inglewood on September 10th, demanding her to find money for drugs. Find money. Probably that means what? You know, a little bit of that. That's uh, that's some awful audio. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, please, please don't do just that. to be clear, I hated that. That was Austin's throwing a cock audio. Uh, brought like to you by Squarespace. No, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm just kidding. He's got a whole page. He's got a whole web page of just this. Just this. Um, <laughs> Hamilton and the victim drove to Kelly Stone Sand and Boulders, where he works. He works there. He has a license. See? On September 11th, he did this on 9/11, guys. Can you believe it's on 9-11? Unbelievable. That truly is such high levels of disrespect. So after getting this woman to go around and try to, I guess, I'm assuming suck dick for money, uh, he got out of the truck and took the keys so that she couldn't leave. Tried to call us for people to borrow money. Because people can't walk. Yeah. But when she told Hamilton her phone died, he went back to the truck and assaulted the victim again. Uh, It says then he drove off in the victim's truck to a nearby Circle K, taking her phone and purse with him. Um, he snatched both items. He tried to get out of the truck. Let's see here, and then he went back to his work site and was seen laughing hysterically and smashing the truck with a bucket on an excavator. I mean, you'll never, much, you'll never have as much fun in life. No, and that's what I was going to say. Smashing a car with a bucket. If, truck. if you're actually destroying a car with an excavator, 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 I'll say it. Sure, whatever. Uh, that's the best thing in the world. Like, I don't think that I would grin more heavily than doing something like that. So, yeah, he's laughing hysterically is what gets me. Um, so the lesson, the moral of this story is, folks, don't be short of drug dealer. money. Yeah, pay your drug dealer, yeah. right? <laughs> I was going to say, what is the moral of this story? It's like that Stewie bit from Family Guy, Where's My Money, where he's just beating Brian mercilessly. Uh, so, yeah, mercilessly, mercilessly. You screw one up, I screw one up, we all screw one up. The judicial system. Judicial system. All right. Speaking of, what's going on with Trump? 
Well, that's an excellent question for this week's. I will be dirty, rotten, traitor, and yes, stupid. So, this week on Trump Indictment Watch. Uh, well, okay, so there's varying stories out here right now, but he was photographed last week um, with a bunch of men on his D.C. golf course. Ew. And people made, I know, he was out there playing golf and just enjoying some, some, some 18 holes. Ew. Uh, but then people made the observation that no one brought golf clubs. They were just walking around the golf club with a bunch of lawyers. Um, <laughs> all day. A little late on that one. So, <laughs> the general consensus has been like or the assumption is he's meeting with lawyers on a golf course he doesn't trust like that Mar-a-Lago isn't bugged or this that and the other like a fucking mobster now apparently some quote insiders have come forward since all these stories broke saying that actually no he's planning some improvements to the golf course and that's what it was about I'm sure that's absolutely true Um, so yeah that's fun story he's uh, apparently meeting like with mobsters on a golf course to discuss his legal strategy. Hey, I've gone out, played golf without clubs, full 18 holes with lots of men, and it's been normal golf game. I believe you. Hey, can I get a clip of that audio? I have things that I need to change about it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm sure it's completely normal. Unsuspicious behavior? at this point, I mean, he's just so confident that uh, there's nothing, you know, nothing to uh, to hide, nothing to that he, uh, you know, had to go out and talk on his golf course instead of in his buildings. And to was be it fair, like a nice day out. Was the weather nice? It was nice. Yeah, like nice when the out. teacher says they're going to teach class outside. I exactly. love those yeah, days. Yeah, absolutely. Those days so I got good. shit on by a bird when that happened. Mm. Oh, Jesus! I believe you. Third, second, or third grade, we went outside. We read a book under a tree. I was the oh, only kid, and all of all of the, the the periods that this happened within. If you have periods in second or third grade, not like you know men, menstruation. Oh, but thank the, you for the clarification. The, yeah. That was needed. Yeah, but uh, like if it, it, yeah, I got shut on by a bird, and it was awful. Yeah, that's very good embarrassing. Luck. That's I what think, they say. I think that they just say that to make people less sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's much. fair. That that's true. fair. Hey, it's good luck that's to like, get shit on. That's like when it rains on your wedding day. They're like, yeah. oh no, that's good luck. Uh, it, it, it's like, not. They're just. They don't want know. a bride to be sad on her wedding day because no, it's, it's raining. That's what that is. It's it's good luck because it could have been a bear. <sighs> it's also not ironic when it rains. That is the literally not the definition of of literary irony when it rains on your wedding day. So just for the record. Yeah. Yeah. Alanis was wrong. Mm. So that's a uh, yeah. That's a good point. Anyway, I'm sure that Mar-a-Lago is bugged. I'm sure it is. Hundred percent. It could be. Exterminator. <laughs> oh, uh, hey oh. So, <laughs> anyways, let's take this moment and take a break to hear from our fictitious sponsor. That was a great. Oh, I didn't stop it yet. So, let's <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> that was great. So, let, I am really actually three sheets of the wind today, and I'm operating the controls. So, let's go ahead and take a break and hear from one of our fictitious sponsors. Yeah, you was worried about bugs? Should be. Bugs show up in the weirdest places. Maybe you're out enjoying whole nine with some close associates, and out of nowhere, bam, a 
bug shows up and complicates things. Even in the dead of winter, picture this. You take a nice trip to Moscow. Got yourself a fancy hotel, maybe some nice open-minded ladies. Forget to flip over the mattress and what do you know? Bugs. Now you ass deep in a real sling. How about you're in Florida? Anywhere in Florida. What do you got? Bugs. What you gonna do? You gonna call me, your buddy Vinny. I'll sweep away all your problems. How? You don't worry about that. For one low fee, me and my associates will take care of things for you. So who are we, you say? How about you mind your own fucking business? And maybe you got even bigger problems. You don't worry about finding us. Just listen to your little podcast, go to the website, put in your fancy code, and we'll find you. Alright, so what's our promo code going to be for that again, Wayne? Uh, that's, uh, oddly enough, uh, 168 The Truth. Okay, 168 The Truth. That sounds good. And it's a service I think I'll probably use. I mean, I get bugs all the time. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah, they never, they, they didn't really talk a whole lot about, like, chemicals or, like, what they exactly used to exterminate the bugs. It was kind of a cryptic, almost. But something about extermination. Yeah. No. Okay, cool. Roaches, bed bugs. No, they bugs. they just they just said just bugs. Bugs. Yeah. Mm. Oh, interesting. Okay, all right. They kill bugs good, Rico. There it is. All right, so uh, moving on to our main topic tonight, it's going to go ahead and be review bombing. Review bombing, and this is a online trend that's been happening for the last several years. What is review bombing? I've never heard of this term before. Um, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. So there's there's this idea that in the world of of the interwebs that we live in today <laughs> mm-hmm. that you can crash a um i don't know a a, a publication it's, i guess um some a a new adventure um you can crash it by doing a whole bunch of negative reviews on it you can and sabotage it you can yeah. stop it in its tracks so um it's pretty well known that netflix hulu um you know, all of the big giants, all of the streaming services, the HBO, all of them. Disney. Disney. They all, they pump out bunches and bunches of material, and then they cancel them after a season. If you even make it through a season, um, just to kind of see what's out there. The way that part of the algorithm on this, based on what you cancel, is on reviewing. Um, it's on what the general populace actually... Um, takes into account on how well that does. And viewership numbers they have access to. Certainly. So I have a question. Can sure. you review bomb in a positive manner and like put a sure. whole bunch yeah. of fake yeah. positive ones on too. versus yeah. negative ones? Not yeah. as frequently I would say because usually people usually anger motivates you a little more than happiness does. That's fair. Uh, when I'm happy and satiated I don't go out and seek to go I gotta go tell everybody about this necessarily okay, whereas so I'm this angry. Is like the general public leaving the reviews yes. because they're yes typically motivated by something exactly okay. usually racism uh, that's yeah. a fair okay. point so, and sexism sorry yeah. sexism's a biz sexism's probably the bigger arguably the bigger one yes. and and also you'll have this also not just about those things of political reasons so for instance uh, a store is and then the left wing does it too not just right wing things the uh, some store place is known for putting up some anti-gay sign or something. Then you'll see a bunch of left-wing people get on there and just review bomb the shit out of it. Right. Uh, I saw roaches in my food, or just leave negative reviews like crazy a to undermine in the business. A finger in my chili. A finger. There's a finger in my chili. 
Cashier showed me their butthole. <laughs> so yeah, oh, wow. that's the general idea. So we get Specific. this. We get this a lot with <laughs> obviously you get it with restaurants and stuff. But the one I see more often than not is movies, TV shows, video games. True. Um, I just want to quickly before we move so far past it. The um, positive review bombing, you often see when something is already canceled. You see a huge, huge rush toward, you know, we love this series. Why did this go away? Whatever else. And then you actually see it picked up by another network. That's Mm. kind of the the positive effects of positive review bombing. And a lot of times that's a result of like, well, we liked the show, but we didn't really tell anybody that we liked it. Exactly. Or they Um, discovered a little too late was the problem. Like, you know, something comes out, they don't see it for six, seven months. It's already, they've already made the decision at that point to cancel the damn thing, and then all of a sudden you find this awesome show. A good example that would be before the internet age, and the internet was around, was be Firefly. Yes. Firefly yeah. on Fox, amazing show, did not find its audience in the initial run. Did not find the audience in the initial run. Took until reruns and DVD for them to actually find their audience. Star Trek The Original Series did not find its true audience until after it was in syndication. Sure. Now, this is way before the age of the internet, right? But the point is sometimes it takes time for things to find their audience. Uh, sometimes things are created well before an audience is there to actually understand oh, and sure. catch up to that idea. Yeah. Like, that happens. Yeah. So, with review bombing, I mean, does this have a real tangible effect, you think? Absolutely. Let's go with negative oh, first. Definitely. Negative first. Definitely. Well, and, and I mean, we could start from the beginning, but, I mean, the most recent would be Little Mermaid. Oh, God, yes. The live action one. Yeah. Boy. Mer- Mermaid de Negro. Wait, wait, was that like released in theaters or was it only no, on no, Disney? It's just it's literally a it, teaser trailer is oh. all that's released, like 12 and, seconds, 20 seconds, something huh. like that. And uh, people are, are very upset that uh, that Ariel is not a redhead white girl. Okay, but I will say I have seen like the retaliation like to support. Um, the, yes. I have seen, honestly, everything I've seen has been to support it. And they are talking about... The negative things, but I've literally not seen any negative things. I've seen at a all. lot of negative. It depends yeah. on where you're trolling in online. Correct. Yeah. Uh, there are several groups I'm oh, part yeah. of on Facebook where it has been a hot topic of discussion. Yeah. And people are very, being very upset, and you go, and then I love the main point I keep seeing brought up, which is like, yeah, but Disney for like 70 years released things with only white people, even when their race was not white, many times in their race was not white, and they whitewashed it all those years. Mm-hmm. God forbid we change a character. And I love the argument, too. The, well, just make a new character. Okay. No, and there's a, it's funny, you you mentioned Disney doing this for years, um, and absolutely 100% true. Even if you want to look more recently, uh, because everyone's on the Marvel bandwagon, and Marvel has done this time and time again recently, is, you know, within the last decade, you've seen a lot of characters that were in the, in the Marvel universe completely switch genders to white um genders genders to, to white, white huh sorry huh. racist uh, yes. Whoa, hey. no. and, male female white <laughs> you've seen you've seen a lot of uh gender switch as well but regardless the the point that i was going to make or trying to make is yes you've seen a lot of uh races switch uh to white so that that's there as well i will say like in the original the little mermaid story she was she was literally green she was a green mm. lady and I'm pretty uh, sure it also ended in horrible murder. Yeah. Okay. So because she, that's how all of the was this was this Hans Hans always end up in horrible yeah, horrible yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I, I believe it was Hans, and yeah. she didn't just lose like give up her voice. Her tongue was cut out, and Jesus then Christ. she got legs, and her legs 
like her feet literally they just bled the whole time that she was on land and it wasn't for love it was because mermaids um they don't i think it was they don't have a soul and she needed to like feel something so that yeah like (laughs) uh funny (laughs) i I get it that is okay (laughs) but it was like that sort of thing so it wasn't this like romantic yeah story and that's the thing is that that if people don't care about like no they 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 talk about like oh the original character was white well no, no they she weren't wasn't. also fantasy yeah, yeah it's it's exactly. absolutely also, a fictional not character. a real person yes. it's a fictional character i had this argument with my wife last night because we were going to star trek characters for halloween right and we all i went and bought all original series uniforms except for our son who's like three years old and there's not one small enough for him unless you want the into darkness version which i'm not buying <laughs> so anyways absolutely not no no it's garbage so anyways i had to buy him like a blue shirt and want to sew a freaking thing onto it but i suggested we could make him a little klingon and she goes but we can't put him in blackface and i was like that's a good point however there is a distinction because they weren't in blackface. They were aliens on Star Trek, okay? They weren't imitating African-Americans. They were an alien race. It's like saying someone wearing green makeup was in green face. It's right. a silly argument. They're a fictional character, fictional race. They happen to be dark-skinned. It's not the same thing as imitating a black person. Yeah. Um, so the a, a big part of this review bombing becoming a, a, a centerpiece in conversation, a, a table piece, if you will, um, started with kind of, arguably like the the miss marvel thing and then she hulk um but it really gained footing and and came to a head she hulk twerked we can't have that yeah exactly Uh, but flip side is i don't follow nothing she hulk twerked yeah so there was megan v stallion or something came on there and talked about twerk there was a single like I don't even. I didn't really. I didn't watch the show, but I, I haven't. I have it. Wait, it's, it's a, show, a sexist not piece a of shit. It's a show. It's a yeah, Marvel okay. show. That's Disney's new thing. They, they wouldn't let a female Hulk have her own movie. Come on. Yeah. That's but crazy wait, they had the Probably the Marvel true. lady, right? She had her uh, own movie, right? Yeah, but yeah. she's kind of a bitch. So they're probably gonna have more of those. Yeah. No, but well, the was... the Miss Marvel was something different. The, there was Captain Marvel, which is the oh, film you were thinking of. Yes, Miss Marvel was great. Yeah, right. Captain well, Marvel. I didn't just say the Marvel yeah. lady. So. But anyway, um, <laughs> the She-Hulk thing, the twerking thing—it's um, completely. <laughs> you know, you make an argument. It's, just, uh, it's like a single scene in the show, and yeah. people are like, "This is unbelievable." Like, guys, it's not the whole show. But flip side is you can take uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, and strip him completely naked and make a joke of it. Mm -hmm. Sure, that's fine. But the the thing is, is there's there's a huge, you know. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, just. Sexism is real. Yeah, we, yeah, we know. It is. It's, 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 it's completely fine to make fun and poke fun of a naked man on screen and everyone still laugh about it. Yeah. A, a character, you know, twerks on a TV show and everyone's up in arms about oh, it. Oh, I literally had this conversation the other day at the place I work at. Um, I really feel like it's ridiculous the double standard we give to women with clothing. Uh, a man can be walking around shirtless. A woman, they, oh my God, it's illegal. Whatever, right? Uh, a woman, First of all, oh, go back to school. It's not. Go back yeah, to school. I know it's not. It's not, not here. Illegal. Not here. It isn't. Generally not Ohio. speaking, it's not illegal. But anyways, the point. It's looked down upon. That's how that. Well, so that's yeah. fine. Yeah, you go topless into a crowd and people are gonna. Yeah, you know. I'm not saying that there aren't double standards. That is true, but yes. the legality aspect of it, it just generally isn't true. So yes, I get that. My general point, though, is that this, when I was in school even, right, you have a girl, she shows midriff, oh, you need to go home and change that outfit because you're going to entice those boys. How do we teach the boys to stop being fucking little de- little wretches 
not say the girl's responsible for managing the boy's behavior. That's a bunch of horse shit. It's not the old the girl showing midriffs all we got send her home because she's going to distract the boys. No, teach the boys not to objectify the women. That's a bunch of fucking horse shit. Put it on the woman. Put the onus, the burden on the woman. That makes me so freaking mad. Agreed. Hmm. Agreed. Un- I'm just saying. I'm just saying, it's, it's one of those things that's just, it's ridiculous, the double standard. But back to review bombing. Uh, another example I know of recently was um, that excellent, excellent film, Ghostbusters 2016. Um, yeah, the all-female-led Ghostbusters. I'm going to jump in there and say, I'm sorry it wasn't excellent. Um, no, it, it was hot garbage. It had nothing to do with the fucking women were in it. It, it was really hot didn't. garbage. So this is, this is one of those weird gray areas of review bombing where... A lot of people took up the mantle and bitched because it was an all-female cast and they changed whatever. Right. But the unfortunate... <laughs> there's this... There's a dichotomy of things going on here. The movie sucked. It was not it good. It just did. It sucked. It was awful. But you don't get to pin that on the fact that it was an all-female cast and then staple all of your frustrations over staple this it. franchise. Franchise? Franchise. On to the fact that it was women that were leading yeah. the cast. And in all fairness, Sony got caught red-handed manipulating the statistics on that. They straight up got caught deleting... Red-handed. Oh, red-handed. Hmm. Um, deleting any comments that were negative that weren't sexist on the YouTube trailer uh, comment section. And they were leaving all the sexist comments in place that made it look like it was just sexist, racist, idiot assholes. Right. Not... A larger consensus saying, no, this looks like garbage. And I will go on the record of saying right now, all of those women in there were are funny women individually on various things. I've seen them in, right? Absolutely. I loved Bridesmaids. I love Kate McKinnon, okay? Um, I love all I of those you. ladies on various things. Together in that movie, they were not funny. That movie sucked. It was a combination of bad writing. And I heard a lot of it wasn't even scripted, actually. It was them just improvising, and they <laughs> just threw it on the screen, which I'm going like, is well, I that... mean, that's because women aren't funny. So. Yeah, of course, right? But the flip side is is that does work a lot of times, and it and it can work. It just well, didn't work here. It can work around scripted elements. You yeah, don't have right. a completely, like, unscripted scene and then say, just figure it the fuck out. Here's the generic plot and just go for okay. it. Like you, you have always... like lines and dialogue and let them improvise right. with it. Yeah. Like you always hear like seeing different actors and whatnot where it's like literally the script will be like something leading up to and then, you know, Robin Williams or Jim Carrey or, you know, Johnny Depp. Aladdin's example of yeah, where, where it's literally just there is no script. It's just, you know, so-and-so ad-libs. Yeah. And they, those are actors that they know they'll just they'll just say something and, and it'll be fun yeah. you can't just write a script and go okay so here's the scene and they're all just gonna do just there's kind a of ghost, whatever and you guys do and then they're all do. and every one of them is going to ad lib it's gonna be great Definitely not those and i'm not sure i'm sure there was a script but they didn't actually stick to large parts of it is the point sure. and it just came out as a crap-ass movie or and is it got just blamed like on the, that like sony the company blaming the actors for it because it crashed and burned that's mm-hmm. also like, really, possible we don't know although yeah, it's true no, seriously, that is true. Um, I don't know. I do want to go on a little tangent because you did the whole improvisation thing. Improvisation. Oh, you guys and, are so uh, good at words. Robin William. Yeah, thanks. Um, but <laughs> I watched a thing on him with uh, Goodwill Hunting and the whole farting, his wife farting thing. Um, yeah. That was all improvised in the whole laughing scene with him and, uh, uh, you know, Matt Damon. Matt. 
Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Um, the whole intro to Aladdin was, where he's yeah. the, the merchant. Yeah. That they whole just, thing was improvised. Yeah, they just apparently had like a table full of stuff. Of props. And uh, they said, yeah. just do and something like, with this. Just, just describe, like, just, yeah. Make Mrs. This. Doubtfire, I think, was too with the dinosaur scene, right? The, in the With his rap and the things. So our new topic is Robin Williams' yeah. best improvisation yeah. scenes. But it got brought up. No, I, 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 I'm just joking. So uh, let's go back to review Robin when it comes to restaurants and things like that. Um, when it comes to like a restaurant and like, you know, someone's just really disgruntled or they get like a group of people together. I mean, that can have a real world impact, not just on like the people that go right. to that restaurant, but the people that run it, the people that work there. Yeah, especially well, like small businesses. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's that's the thing, too, is it, it, you have to kind of balance that with, you know, was there recent controversy with this web, with this uh, restaurant? This establishment. You know, wh- was there re- a recent thing saying, you know, where they were like, well, I don't like serving gay people. I don't like serving black people. So the question is, do they deserve it? <laughs> it basically, yeah. Like, it, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it, I, I think in situations like that, like, yes, that is fair. That's how capitalism works is you, you do something to piss off a group of the population and they no longer come to your restaurant. Like, that's the, the core ideal of capitalism is that, you know, that's how it works. I think we have all... I say we all. I think a lot of people have learned rationally to look at review websites um, like Yelp and, and Rotten and Tomatoes. Sure, movies. Rotten Tomatoes. Um, with a certain grain of salt because when you have a bad experience at a restaurant or at when you watch something and you're personally offended, um, you you can think that it is because of one thing. Let's say you go out to eat with a group of friends and you, it's a, whatever, you have a bad experience. You can chalk that up to a, a bad racial experience, a bad gender experience, a bad whatever experience. There was a dick in my suit. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like, and it, there's a good chance that maybe it was that. There's also a good chance that it wasn't at all. And they're understaffed and they had a shit service that night or they had any number of different things. When you take the a, a personally and you assume that this is the motivation for it without knowing or even with knowing, this is my point. It, it's a it's a difficult subject to navigate because, you know, it it could or it could not be. Right. Well, and so as someone who consumes a lot of media, goes to a lot of restaurants, uses reviews as a means of determining. I guess I, I thought I, you were gonna say consumes a lot of food when you because we're talking about restaurants. I mean that too. Sorry, but but I you know I just like most people use reviews as a uh, as a big means of like looking at something and going eh don't want to go to that place. Um, the key really is to look at reviews in terms of is it nothing but five stars and one stars? Then you kind of have to make your own decision. Because obviously there's something at play here where, you know, there, there's something going on that's caused people to either respond very positively or very negatively. And usually that's a review bombing scenario. But if you look to see, like, oh, how are the three-star, four-star reviews? If you have a restaurant or a, a game or a movie or something that's getting, like, a ton of, like, four-star reviews, you know, people are like, it was really good. It could have been better, but it was really good then you know you have something genuine. 
So, um, back to Aaron's point real quick before we wrap this up, because we're going a little bit long here, is, you know, the whole idea of a grain of salt, people taking the things with a grain of salt. I don't necessarily agree with that necessarily, 100%, because if I look on a Yelp, okay, and I look at this and I see one single review that says someone found a fucking Band-Aid in their soup, Yucky. I'm not going to eat there. Because it's going to just put this, uh, this this mental image in my head. Just check for band-aids. And I, I, it's going to be, mm. I get that. So if you start looking at, let's say, hotel reviews in New York City, you might read that every single hotel review you read mentions something about bed bugs. Like great, every single one out there. subject. About every single Mr. one out there. But at a certain point, of course, not every single right, place though. that you could stay at has bed bugs. So you take things with a grain of salt is all that I'm saying. Like people that are angry will write things just because they're angry. I think that's true to an extent. But I'm going to also look at the quantity of reviews. And obviously the negative ones are going to stick out more in your brain than yeah. the positive ones. But if there's like an overwhelmingly amount of positive ones, I'm going to be more willing to take a risk. If there's more negative ones, like if they are piling up, you may not take that. Then risk. I might not take the risk. So it's like take it with a grain of salt, but there could be like a whole pile of grains of salt. Right. And always check the one star reviews. <laughs> because if there's if there's a thousand one star reviews and they don't say anything about it, that's just review bombing. Right. Yes. If there's, you know, a hundred one star reviews and every one of them has a story a on point. Why they gave right. it a one star review? I would <laughs> say most review bombs probably don't take the time to actually write oh. something well, most because they're, they're lazy asses, bots. right? So mm-hmm. I think it's a good place for us to stop. Uh, I want to go ahead and thank everyone for listening today to Was I Drunk? Remember, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, which I haven't updated in like five weeks. Uh, at Was I Drunk SP, that's at Was I Drunk SP. Uh, go ahead and please share this podcast with a friend and uh, hit that subscribe button, like us, and get us out there on all your favorite social media platforms. Until next time, bottoms up. Maybe uh, making a podcast. You look over there and, what's that, fifth mic? There's only four of you. What's going on here? Bugs. Is that a baby bar now? Oh, what is that noise? G- guys? Guys, why aren't you moving? What's going on here? Oh, what's going on? What is, what is that? Is that a bar now? Oh, what is that? Oh, oh.